James. Raf. Smart speakers. You got them? No, I don't. I have no smart speakers. What smart devices do you have? Uh, smart devices. I have a smart TV. It doesn't really count, though. Yeah, it doesn't just, count. It's just a TV that has Android on it. Yeah. Do AirPods yeah. Pro count? No, AirPods do count because they could be important in the coming years. Once we've got like AR glasses on and your AirPods okay. in, blah, 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 that's important. So, it's, yes. still, it's still a fringe case. Apart from that, I don't think I actually No have. watch? No watch. No. I actually had a an Apple Watch for a little bit because when the first one came out, I was still you know working in the media and um, Apple give you like loaner devices. Mm. They take you into their HQ in Sydney and some guy gives you like a tour of it and then they give you a device for you to use and they give it to you for six months and you sign like a contract to have the device for six months. And then they didn't take it back for me for like a year and I was like, hell yeah, baby. I was like, I've gotten a free, free Apple Watch. Nice. But uh, let me tell you. They don't forget. Mm, no such thing as a, a free watch. A, no, no such thing as a free watch. A year later, they'd already released a new watch. The next model, it was in the rearview mirror. I get this very formal official email that's like, we're coming to get it, buddy. So as a result, no, I don't have a watch. And you seem to get along just fine. Let me put it to you, smart devices, not Lindy. We got through thousands of years of human history without why plug in. How about yourself? Totally. I mean, I say this all the time with music. It's like you'd be in the middle of some huge project and- the keyboard isn't frigging connecting to the synth or whatever and you're checking your MIDI cables and it's like, why don't I just move to the jungle with <laughs> some congas? But then exactly. I'm like, it would be nice to record the congas. So it's like, do I get a Zoom recorder and you're back where you started? Yeah, exactly. Well, there we go. I well, think I'm just a technology boy at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, okay. Unfortunately, society has moved around it. It used to be back in the day if you're a musician, you could learn to play the lute and then you would join a king's court. Yeah. You'd sit around all day in a palace playing a lute for the entertainment of the nobles. Mm. You wouldn't even need to record. That's true. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even put out albums, releases. No. You just have to learn the standards and you'd be off to the races. Yeah, for life. Yeah. You couldn't do that now. No. No, you'd need to be on TikTok. Yeah, oh, God, you'd have to be on TikTok. So the iPhone, okay, let's just very quickly, I've got mine on the table. Compare this to my first iPhone was the iPhone 3. Uh-huh. I think it was the first one to be launched in Australia, to be honest. It was, yeah. We didn't get one. It was two. a 3GS. And comparatively to this, other than that one probably now looking like Super Mario Brothers, like a SNES with regards to its pixels. It's a really interesting way that you've, you've put that. <laughs> it looks like Super Mario. Well, like, the you know, I bet if you pulled out an old iPhone 3G. Yeah, it would look like Super Mario. You're so right. Pixels, I'm talking about. Okay, you know, resolu- screen resolution. Oh, I see. I thought you meant it was because it was like kind of rounded. No. Like, like the um, little question mark blocks that he jumps into. That's where my mind went. Uh, sorry, I mean like graphics. Okay, <laughs> got it. Okay. It had SNES graphics. Uh-huh. didn't quite have SNES graphics. But point being, the form is very similar. Yeah. And that was a banger shape, by the way. Like that curved thing, that still I think is probably my favorite iPhone. The 4 was pretty good as well. It had like the metal. Is that when it went square with the metal? Well, because the, the, the new ones are like the 4, basically. Yeah. They're the kind f- of going back to it. The 4 was like really like hefty. That it was felt, hefty, yeah. It felt like, I mean, like not in a bad way. It was just like, you know. But that Ovula 3 was gorgeous. Like that was a beautiful piece of design. And obviously it did change the game. But since then, obviously, the phone, I mean, that's a relic of the past. That's why I'm reminiscing. The phone, you know, it's, we're talking, it's 20 years old basically now, right? When When was that released? 13 years ago, 14 years ago. So oh. it was in 2008 it came out. Yeah, like 14 years ago. Yeah, okay, sure. 
20. That's cool. That is, that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I, well, I was mistaking end of primary school with end of high school because I remember it was like a few years after high school. Even at uni, I was going around with a Razor, Motorola Razor. That was the coolest thing you could have at, yeah. the, at the tail end of the non-smartphone era. The Razor was like where it was at. Yeah. And I actually had one of those Nokia designer things. Anyway, whatever. Point being, iPhone 3, iPhones, this form factor, it's gone. We've moved on. Have we? We've moved on. Now we're using voice assistant most of the time. Oh, yep. We've got VR. We've got AR. Oh, yep. 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 And we're doing all of our transactions, obviously, with crypto. And that's all a thing of the past. Yeah. The smartphone, it's in the revision mirror. Like, there's no, no one uses smartphones anymore. Yeah. We're all plugged in, in the metaverse. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it's a lie. We're still using the smartphone. Uh, there was an article in The Verge this week, which I thought was really interesting. Headline, everyone promised to disrupt the smartphone and the smartphone outlasted them all. Mm. The metaverse, voice assistance, AR, VI, for years, everything promised a next big thing and the smartphone continues to crush them all. Mm. Very true. Oh, definitely. I feel like everyone has moved on now, but it's hard to understate, again, in 2018, 2017, 2018, 19, the zeitgeist was two major things that I remember. One- Smart assistants. It's like voice. Voice is going to take over. And I've told you this anecdote, but I'll tell it again very quickly. But I was working on like a research article thing. I wasn't working on it myself. I was actually just reading over it. It was like before it was a final edit before this this research thing about innovation went to print. Sorry, I didn't accuse you of writing the article. It's all right. No, I was just clarifying. <laughs> and it had a little excerpt in the top right-hand corner that just said, by 2021, 80% of your interaction with computers will be via voice. This was 2019. I was like, Two years? <laughs> and obviously, whoever was kind of putting it together had just pulled probably an old quote, but probably not that old, probably like a quote from 2015 saying yeah. like, the future is voice, and it just hasn't happened. That's not eventuated. There was definitely a period, you know, Google Assistant, Siri for Apple, Alexa for Amazon, obviously being the big one that kind of kicked things along, mm. where it was like, oh, look, you don't even need to look at your screen. The screen's useless to you. Keep your eyes on the road and you'll, you can just talk to your phone. It'll do everything for you. Mm. You'll be able to ask, hey, tell me X. It'll, it'll answer the question for you. Yeah. Or, you know, give it like a series of instructions and it'll use natural language processing and execute all those things in sequence. You don't have to worry about all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And what we're experiencing, you know, right now, even this idea that we talk to them, hey, Siri, sorry if I just triggered you, Siri. Hey, Siri, what is the weather today or whatever? We won't have to talk like that. We'll just be able to kind of talk like you and I are now. Like we're talking, about, oh, hey, Siri, also, can you set a reminder for me to go to the bakery when I run out of bread, which will be tomorrow morning after I've given my kids breakfast? Like we'll just be able to talk like that and it'll just be like, yeah, sure, sweet, done. Hasn't happened. Hasn't happened yet. And also, doesn't even seem like a technological limitation necessarily, although I'm sure there are technological limitations. It's just the fact that nobody actually wants to do that. Nobody is interested in doing that. The only things in my life that I use Siri for, and I don't use Siri very often at all, are A, to set timers for mm. cooking. I'll say Siri set a timer for 20 minutes because that's actually quicker than doing it, going through, finding the clock, clock up and exactly. doing it. Exactly, yep. So that, that's easier and quicker. Replying to messages when you're in the car. Yeah, when you're driving. Yeah. That's good. Very occasionally I will use it when I'm kind of out and about and listening to music or my AirPods to like change the song or play a playlist. 
for whatever reason, I don't have use of my hands <laughs> and when nobody is listening to me or in any shocks, it's humiliating to do it. Uh, totally. And I think that's one of the major <laughs> issues, right, is we need to normalise us talking to our phones all the time. And by that, it's more than just like talking to your phone. It's like the people around you kind of knowing what you want. Yeah. Am I happy to be out in a cafe in society and for everyone know that I want to change the track of my song? <laughs> it's the... um unimaginable horror of being seen, you know? Well, it's obnoxious. Well, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like introducing everyone into your world. It's like letting the world know, here's what I'm up to. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And then at home, so I've got like smart home, all that, all through Apple. We've got smart lights in a bunch of rooms and including smart light switches. And I rarely use voice. A, there's like, a, that does take longer. It takes longer usually, unless I'm like on the couch with something like a laptop on me, maybe I'm also eating at the same time. Unless it's like that situation and for whatever reason I want to dim the lights. Well, yeah. Usually I'm walking out of a room, right? Like you turn off lights when you walk out of a room. Yeah. It is way more efficient. To flick the light switch? Flick the light switch. Well, look, it's not as, I mean, but imagine this. Imagine we're both younger men, single, unattached. (laughs) We bring a date home from Tinder and we say, Siri, set the lights to red. Or even like set lights. You to- can't do hues. Oh, could, could you not say set you can the- on the colors? That's right, on the color one you can. But on, I've, got, I've got the day night dawn to dusk ones, and you can't set the hue. You can only set the General how bright light. it okay. is. So see, I was pitching. Well, maybe the you hue could- you can do on your phone. Right. Okay. Maybe you could say like, "Hey Siri, set the light to hashtag." H-E-12-E, you know, you, yeah. you give it like the hex code. Yeah, yeah. No, and, you'd have a scene and instead of scene. Yeah, that's right. And your date is gone. But <laughs> <laughs> halfway through, you're reading out the hex code. <laughs> I, I, look, there was an article also this week, uh, or maybe last week, Alexa, division obviously of Amazon that has built this, mm-hmm. as I said, kicked off the voice assistant revolution. It was a big forward bet. Apparently one of like Jeff Bezos's favorite parts of Amazon. Yeah. They desperately needed a platform because they don't have a phone, right? They had tried to do tablet and phone OSs with Fire mm. and they all sucked and nobody wanted to use them. So yeah. Same thing with Facebook trying to make or Meta trying to make the metaverse happen. But Amazon, the Alexa division, lost $10 billion last year, Mm. which is an insane amount of money to lose on, like, you know, a physical product that they're selling. And one of the reasons that it doesn't work is, A, exactly what we were just talking about, even though they had this bold vision that it was going to be a platform for apps, like voice-based apps, where you'd be able to do everything from your voice. Nobody actually uses it for anything except changing a song. Or if we caught this as a throwback to an earlier episode, little kids saying like play poopy stupid diaper yeah. and then having Spotify play that song. No one actually uses it for that. Mm. And the second aspect is that there is no way to monetize it, they're finding, through advertising or whatever, in a way that's not absolutely horrifyingly intrusive. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just randomly spitting out ads. Yeah, it's like you, you ask something to happen, you want an action to happen immediately, and, like, it gives you an, an ad. It's an interstitial ad yeah. after you asking it to do something. Yeah. Like, not possible. No, Not going to happen. That. And, like, more broadly, I think the thinking was, sure, when I say, like, Alexa, order me some more milk or whatever, then dairy farmers and type A or whatever would bid on being the, the company, you- the generic yeah, milk, yeah. like generic milk equals who. But again, I actually bought an Alexa because it was 10 bucks because they're just trying to get these things into everyone's house. Obviously, the idea here is like get the puck into people's houses and then we monetize the data and create this platform that we can go on to monetize. And honestly, I use it with the idea of like, oh, yeah, I guess I can use it for shopping lists because, you know, you forget like, oh, we're nearly out of peanut butter. Wouldn't it be great if I said Alexa, add peanut butter to the shopping list? But then like, what type of peanut butter? It doesn't know. Even if I've bought peanut butter before, it seems to struggle with that. 
the process as a human right now for me is if I want peanut butter, I go onto a website that sells peanut butter or a shop, but let's say I'm doing it online digitally. I scroll through the different peanut butters, see the one that takes my fancy. You know, I want it to be a little bit crunchy, uh-huh. but not too crunchy. I want it to look organic or whatever, even though I'm not into organic, but, you know, you want it to look that way. <laughs> and you, you really outline some really baffling <laughs> consumer requirements for peanut butter, but I understand your point. My point is that consumers, we have our tastes and part of the experience is flicking through a couple of different options and then choosing the one that takes your eye. Doing that by voice is impossible. What is yeah. they're going to start listing out? Do you want the crafts? Do you want the this? Do you want that? Do you want to try this one that actually is like, it's got the kind of branding that you'd be into, <laughs> but we can't really put our finger on it. Like that experience. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just not possible. For right. every single different kind of product. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> no, no, no. Even not even talking about shopping and e-commerce and whatever. Getting text messages read to you is a rough experience. It's horrible. It's just, it's not. Well, and what's even worse, I think, is getting a text message read to you, then you reply to the text message and then you hear Siri telling you your text message <laughs> back. Like, that's horrible. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Yeah, especially like hearing Siri be like, new message from Piss Boys. That's <laughs> And then it's your group chat. It's really, you know what, you know what, again, the horror of being seen. You don't want that going in your life. Anyway, the idea that voice was ever going to replace smartphones in any meaningful way, laughable. Mm. Laughable idea. It's bearing out right now. I actually said at the very beginning, so people will probably be hanging on to this, like, hold on, you said the two major themes and then you've only spoken about one. The other one was the self-driving cars, which still looking looking pretty shaky. But that's not actually what we're here to talk about. Well, we're here to- <laughs> well I'm glad you finished that thought. <laughs> 20 minutes later. 20 minutes later, that was the other one that was big. That oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, looks, cool. looks to be shaky. Yeah, I saw a tweet that was vaguely related to this from, I mean, it's not a particularly trustworthy character or whatever, but, uh, you know, I thought it was vaguely interesting. It was like every app that you use regularly on a day-to-day basis that you're in was made before 2010. And basically nothing between 2010 and 2020 is valuable. He then went on to say that was because of woke corporate culture. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Put that to the side. Maybe it's true. Okay. Maybe hey, it's true. We have, we're very open-minded here. Very open-minded. But not, not that open-minded. That's work. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but it was an interesting point. More the fact that someone then replied to this tweet saying, actually, you're totally wrong. You can't be a real dev. Here are a bunch of examples of amazing apps that were made in the last 10 years. And they listed like Figma, Canva, Slack, VS Code, sure, React, sure, Telegram, Pinterest, Snapchat, TikTok, Zoom. And my immediate reaction was like, "Mm, you're kind of proving the original guy's point because a lot of those are more just iterations of already existing technology. Like TikTok is just kind of short form YouTube where they are. You know what I mean? It's like a play at something that already exists. Obviously, Telegram, Slack, like messaging apps were- largely got 98% of the way there with SMS, <laughs> really. Yeah, I guess th- there's a broader point about all those like software as a service SaaS businesses that have emerged over the past 10 years, not having a huge moat around them, not being particularly entrenched. On the one hand, and one of the big things about going on right now with Elon Musk and whatever is that like Twitter has 350 million people using it. A lot of people like live their lives on there. It's really hard to replace. It's mm. kind of like locked in. That's one of the reasons that a lot of them aren't fleeing, even though they say they hate that Elon Musk is in charge now. But something like Slack, when we talked about this in our productivity apps episode, there's nothing really about Slack that makes it absolutely essential. To no. It can be replaced very easily as soon as like a bunch of businesses decide they're using something else. Well, I mean, Teams is already doing that three times as big. Yeah, exactly. Notion, great app, but you know maybe it could easily be replaced. I will dispute that. I think TikTok is like massive and enduring. The only thing that would, I think, knock down TikTok at this point, there was a thing that came up. Last week, they announced that, um, I'm sorry, the AFR reported on the usage numbers of like TikTok 
in Australia, mm. and it was absolutely absurd. It was like a third of Australia, nine or ten million people use it regularly, mm. which is an insane Bonkers penetration yeah. for something that's only been around for a few years. I mean, the one thing that could knock TikTok off its perch is if like Western governments banned it. Yes, but I think there's a, there's a lot of like transient software as a service businesses that are kind of like floating around that were formed in the last ten years that maybe won't last. I guess I'm thinking in comparison to something like Google. Right, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Facebook, uh, yeah, sure. I guess TikTok could technically yeah. boot Facebook, but Facebook with it with WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, that's a pretty massive business. Could TikTok be bigger than it? Possibly. It's still a long way off. And honestly, my mind went to the iPhone. Like that's just, and I know that Apple have obviously, it was because of Apple's history that they were able to create the iPhone, but definitely a product as big as the iPhone has not been made in the last 12 years. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Obviously, that was like a, a genuine revolution. Was a, yeah, like the, the I think in when people look back on this year in like 100 years, they'll probably look at the creation of the smartphone as, as being potentially more momentous than like the invention of the internet, to be mm. honest. Yeah. Like that is the, I mean, it may all get blended into one kind of moment, really. Well, it made the internet ubiquitous. Yeah, you're right. Like in a few hundred years, they'll just blend. They'll just blend. They'll be like, oh, yeah, exactly. This is when the world ended or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's totally. And it's kind of interesting as we kind of discussed a bit at the beginning. Smartphone innovation, big quote marks around that. New features for the smartphone. Nothing is really happening in that world. It used to be that like a new iPhone was like relatively momentous. So you'd be like, oh, the iPhone 4 versus the iPhone 5 versus the iPhone 6. Even if you're not super into tech, you can probably picture what those look like. Mm. Whereas now if I went like iPhone 12, iPhone 14, you wouldn't be able to imagine what I'm talking about. Mm. They've found a form factor that works. Yeah. The only thing that's being upgraded now is the screens are getting better and the cameras are getting better. Yeah. If you look at like the announcements over the past few iPhones, all of the attention is on like either the software, the software does get new features every now and again, or like the cameras start get like exponentially better. Yeah. Because it's really the only thing they can focus their attention on because they've kind of perfected the form. The next big thing will be putting the front-facing camera underneath the screen rather than having yeah, totally. notch, we, but like that's so marginal right it's like, really marginal i believe apple were disappointed with the sales of the last of the most recent one, which i think is the iphone 14 hmm. maybe they've got to figure out a new naming schedule they can't get going with the numbers i feel because like the difference from the last one is so marginal or so inexplainable to your average person i think even moving forward when we start talking about voice assistants and peripherals like ar glasses and watches at the end of the day the phone is going to be the hub of all of those things, right? Like you're carrying around a server in your pocket. I find it, at least in the near term, and by near term, like God knows when AR is going to be here, but you'd think that eventually there'll be some form of AR, augmented reality in our glasses to help us with directions and ideally in my perfect world, put people's names over their heads if I've met them once so that I don't forget their names anymore. <laughs> that's going to be attached to your phone that's doing the majority of all of the processing and everything, you'd think. Well, I mean, potentially, although I'm pretty sure Meta do not want a situation where that would be true. Of course, but that's um, because they, they wouldn't be the server. They, yeah, they wouldn't have the power. Obviously, Apple would want to do it. It's interesting that we're at this point, which you would think would be transitional, where it's kind of like smartphones aren't really doing anything else exciting. They've sort of hit the limit of what you can do with them. Mm. At least it seems to be. I could be wrong. They might come up with it. I think the big tell here is that when Samsung's like, oh, we're doing this big 
fucked up foldable yeah, device yeah, or whatever. bendy phone. Yeah, and people who love Samsung phones like, this is so sick, this is so much better than an iPhone. And it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, no, the only benefit really is that it's smaller in your pocket. We're not talking huge innovation yeah. here. Like, or, it's, don't get me wrong, it's cool tech. It's, it's nice. I guess it's nice if that's what you're into. Or you can open it up so it's like a tablet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. With, people a, with, say- a, with a big, like, fucked up crease down the middle. Yeah. I mean, that's like the only innovation they could find that really separates them from the default, which is an iPhone, mm. is it does kind of like... Kooky shit. We're basically back in the era of phones just before smartphone came out, where yeah. it was like we have the only do something weird. We've got to do something weird, yeah. so people can find some affinity with it. So we're at this point where it's like, okay, we're at the end of the innovation for this device. There's not much more you can do with it. Everything that's happening is on a software level. We got to move to the next stage, mm. and the next stage is observably worse or like not interesting. I personally think the next stage is, as I said, you've got your phone in your pocket. Some kind of AR glasses, your watch, your headphones, they're all connecting to your phone, which is still the base of it. And then over time, as you interact more and more and more only in your friggin' glasses and only on your watch, I mean, obviously been proven that you like using your watch as anything, again, other than something that basically monitors your heart rate and something you glance at to see notifications and don't really interact with that much. Much like your headphones, like there's a couple of gestures you can do to skip tracks, etc. Siri, blah, blah, blah. The point being, when we're at that stage where we're slowly over time pulling our phone out of our pocket less and less and less will we finally move on from the iphone and that is just or the phone sorry in general for android listeners but that's a long way away it's a long way away and it's like as i I think i've said in another episode but it's like you need to find something that's actually has less friction yeah i know people some people love their watches i was never able to like even in that brief period where i had one before it was taken back from me by the apple inc I like the fitness stuff. Like I liked it. But again, there's other stuff that can do that as well. Yeah, yeah. But I, I liked all that stuff and I liked it connected. But in terms of its value as something to look at, I just found it like another vector for you to be irritated by something. Yeah. It's like imagine your text message instead of giving you a nice little vibration in your pocket, like tapping your wrist like, hey, hey, buddy, your mum's ringing you. Yeah, that is annoying. But it's yeah. that's why they've pivoted to health and sports, right? It has to be actually for something because otherwise it's – just annoying. But yeah, so it's like anything that succeeds it, whether it's AR, the metaverse, whatever, it's got to actually be more convenient or better than what we already have. Mm. And that standard hasn't really been surpassed. For some, for a device that is, at this point, first iPhone 2007, um, 15 years old, where's the, where, you know, where's the impetus to, to move on? I guess we're stuck here forever. It's the end of history. We're calling it again. <laughs> God damn it. Francis Fukuyama was right. <laughs> 